Morning, church. So I think that uh, Luke's selection of walking in sunlight was very appropriate for, uh, for this morning. However, it did remind me that two weeks ago we were in, uh, in South Carolina and it was like 72 degrees. Um, just a, you know, about a 60 degree difference from what's outside today. And while we may be walking in sunlight, you have a few more layers on. You know, so I put on a nice green springy shirt. I've got a beach umbrella in my car. So uh, hopefully that'll lure the, the warmer temperatures back out. So the other night I was trying to take a picture that night with my phone because everybody can take pictures with their phones these days, which is something that uh, amazes me. I remember one Christmas when I was a young kid, I got my first little camera and had, you know, the removable flash bulbs. I know there are a few of you out there that, that know what that's all about. And now it's like, let me take a picture. You know, you whip your, whip your phone out. And not quite the same. And so I took a couple pictures and I realized that the flash hadn't gone off. But I still had, you know, pretty good pictures. But I consider myself semi-tech savvy. So I'm like, pull up camera settings, you know, you're looking down, you're looking for that lightning flash, you know, symbol for the flash setting. Um, wanted to set it to on from auto, just to make sure I got better pictures. Um, but for some reason, I, I couldn't find it. But in the end, it didn't matter. There was enough light from the nearby light pole that uh, the picture came out, but it made me start to think about a few things. And um, I don't know if everybody's ever heard this, but when you're, you're filming a movie, the director says, lights, camera, and then, okay. Some of you, some of you got it, okay. Um, so I started thinking about that when, when filming a movie. Okay, lights, camera, and then, Action. And I think there's an analogy here to, to take a look at and I'd like to look at those three aspects when we think about our walk with the Lord. So we'll start with the, the lights. And that's what got me on this whole idea while I was taking this picture. What is the purpose of lights? And as I've gotten older and my arms have gotten shorter and for my 42nd birthday, some crazy man decided I needed these. Um, Lights are intended to bring out the details in things and to help a camera bring things into focus. And I'd like to meet the comedian that thinks it's really funny to make the print on bottles smaller and smaller as the years progress. Kate tells me it's not them. It's been the same size for decades. It's actually me that's, uh, that's changing over the years. In our case, the difference in the light we're talking about this morning doesn't come from a floodlight, doesn't come from uh, light poles, doesn't come from a reading lamp, car headlights, the flashlight, or even the, the flash from the cell phone camera. The light in this context comes from a greater source. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 23, we're told that the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and the Lamb, Jesus, is its lamp. And just with the camera example, the illumination in this case comes from the glory of God. That's all we need. We don't need to seek another light source. Like in my case, I needed, all I needed was the light from the light pole. I didn't need another man-made source from the camera. We don't need to seek our own sources of light in our walk. Our light comes from God. 
And of course, that passage is talking about the new Jerusalem, the glory of God providing light for his kingdom through his son, Jesus Christ. And not only is the glory of God illumination, God's light is intended to bring into context how we should act and how we should follow his path. John further writes in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light, in him there's no darkness at all. And when you think of the context of light, you think of turning on the lights to reveal things. Right? Nobody wants to walk through a, a dark room barefoot with a floor full of Legos, do they? Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever step on a Lego barefoot? Any parents? Come on, raise your hands. Just a couple of you. All right, what do you do? You walk into your kid's room, you turn the lights on. You don't want to step on those Legos barefoot, right? You want to reveal what you cannot see. Because things hide in the darkness. I think I've told you before, my, my grandmother lived in an apartment above a, a deli in, in New Jersey, and trust me, you turn the lights on, and roaches scatter. Right? These things hide in the dark. They don't want to be seen. Thieves hide in the dark. They talk about, oh, this crime was committed in broad daylight, right? It's shocking, because normally crimes are committed in the dark, where there's less chance of being seen. So we associate good things with the light and bad things with darkness. And Paul goes into this a little bit further in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your, from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's how we're to live. We're to live in the light, not in the darkness, doing what we should in thankful service for the gift of salvation that we've been given. We're to walk of children of light, not of darkness. And the instructions for how to live this walk of children of light is in God's word, where we should be reading, studying, and meditating every day. And only in this way can we remain in his light. So the light illuminates. The light provides the details. And now we have the camera. The camera brings things into focus. And not only does it bring things into focus, it then records it for future use. Back in the day, the movie cameras had big cellulose reels. Now they're recorded on digital media. But the purpose is the same. Whether it's a picture of when we're young, a little video clip of our child's first steps, 
a full-length motion picture, the camera puts it on media as it sees it through the lens. For us, the camera we're looking through is eyes, ears, and minds. What we see, what we hear, what we think about God's word for us that's been exposed by the light of the Lord. But in order for us to remember God's will for us, it's very important that we don't just read the word once and hope to remember it. It takes several steps to make sure it becomes imprinted in our lives. First of all, we have to be in his word daily. We have to make time to study God's word. Is there anybody out there that would volunteer to go through brain surgery after having a surgeon read through Gray's Anatomy one time? Right? He reads through that book of anatomy one time and says, I'm good to go. Right? You want somebody who's been through med school, been tested over and over again, somebody who's been through the procedure numerous times. I always wonder, you know, you walk into a doctor's office, you always want that, you see that diploma there on the wall, and you always wonder if he's the guy that just barely made it through his medical boards. Right? There should be a special plaque for that one. Anchor man. But that's how we should be. How much faith would you have in that person knowing that they knew everything there was to do about what they were doing? Isn't our spiritual well-being so much more important than our physical being in that case? We need to be in the Bible over and over again to fully understand God's message and his will for us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, Peter writes, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Peter taught them these things over and over and over again so that they would remember him, remember them after he was gone. And then after we've read it over and over again, we need to think about what we've read. In Psalm 119, the psalmist writes, Oh, how I love your law. I meditated, meditate on it all day long. When I'm talking about meditating, I'm not talking about, you know, lighting incense and sitting around in a lotus position going, mmm. Right? That's, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about meditating. Meditating is reflecting on God's word and thinking about what it means for us to help bring it into focus. And the third aspect of imprinting this into our memory is prayer. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That conversation with God helps bring these things home. And again in Colossians chapter 4, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
And Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Go somewhere quiet, away from the distractions of the world where his will can be revealed to you. So in our camera, through the word, through meditation, through prayer, God's will will come into focus for us and be imprinted into our memories to be gone back to over and over again. The camera has now done its job. The other thing we need to think about when we talk about the camera is where are we focusing? And we need to start with ourselves. We need first to look at how we are following after God in our walk on being more like him. And that brings us to the scripture reading that Patrick read for us this morning in Matthew chapter 7. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We need to clear our own lens, what we're looking through. And we cannot do that before we remove the imperfections from our own lives. So the lights have now shown us the way, the cameras there to bring things into focus and put it into memory, and of course that leads us to the last piece of this, this statement, which is now action. And James sums it up very well in James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looked like. Now, come on, who looks at a mirror and walks away and forgets what they look like? Well, I will confess that I've been looking into a mirror over the past couple of months and seeing a guy that has more gray hair than I remember that guy having. But I'm fairly certain it's not the mirror's fault. It's got to be something with the way I remember my hair color. The eye color is the same and the height's about the same. Which is why I get haircuts more frequently. But each one of us has to be in the Word, has to think about what God's telling us through His way and pray on how to implement His way in our lives. God gives us opportunities every day to be reflections of his light and his love to those around us. I'm sure you've all heard the expression that we may be the only Bible that people encounter in their lives. So the question is, will you take center stage and act? Or are you going to be an extra and sit around and watch what's going on? Not that we need an audience of others around us to see what we do, but God always sees what we do. 
God knows the actions that we take. God knows our heart. He knows how we are putting his will into effect in our lives. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he gave us the Great Commission. He said, "Go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God wants you and me to grow his kingdom. And sometimes it's as simple as living a life that reflects your beliefs and having someone notice that that's different. Sometimes it's going a little further, inviting someone to come to church with you or inviting them to study the Bible with you. So the question I have for you this morning, brothers and sisters, is the lights are on, the camera's rolling. Are you ready to take action? If you have a need... Please come forward as we stand inside.